גמרא ברכות, דף מ"ד. מסכת ברכות לעילוי נשמת רחמים בן מזל, ברוך השם תניחנו בגן עדן, אמן. We begin today's דף on מ"ד, right on top of the עמוד, starting from the משנה. הביאו לפניו מליח, תחילה, ופת עמו. So they bring in front of him something salty. Rashi says, כל דבר מלוח, and they bring with him bread. Now he's eating the salty item as the primary item. It's just that it's so salty, you need some bread to break the taste that's sharp in his mouth. So in this case over here, the salty item is the primary food, is the ikar, and the bread is the tefillah. So the Mishnah says the rule that we learned already. You make the beracha on the maliyah, whatever it may be. Let's say it's a shakol. And it exempts the pot. Exempts the pot the way we learned it is. It's not that you don't have to make a beracha on the pot, but it's poter the pot. The shakol that you made, let's say, on the salty fish will exempt the pot. So it's like you made a shakol on the, on the bread. The pot is secondary. So that's the, uh, that's the klal over here. That you make the beracha on the ikar and it's potel the tefillah. So the Gemara right away begins. And the Gemara says, Umi ika maliyah ikar Gemara wants to know the mitziut. What's the case? The, the maliyah becomes the ikar and the pot, which is the staple item, the bread becomes it. How can a bread ever become a tefillah? So, Amar Abaha, Bere, Derav Avira, Amar Abashe, Beochle, Perot Ginoser, Shano, Perot Ginoser. Now, what's the hadush of these Perot Ginoser? So, look at Tosfot. Tosfot gives us uh, an understanding how the case works. Shamaliyah ikar. Which means the case is a three-legged case. The guy started off eating perot genoser. Now we're going to learn the Gemara, they're very sweet, and they're very, very sharp. And therefore, in order to rejuvenate yourself after you eat them, because they like, um, they can get a person drunk. We're going to see in the Gemara, the Shlakish became delirious from eating perot genoser. So in order to break the sweetness of it, he would eat something salty afterwards. So the salty item was the ikar after Pidot Ginoz because he wanted the salt and then he has the bread to break the salt. So it's three steps. Ginoser, salt to break the Ginoser and then uh, 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 bread. Now the Chaura, if that's the case, Pidot Ginoser is the ikar and the salt is tefillah as well as the bread. So seemingly you should just make a berakha bore on Ginoser fruit and cover the salt and cover the bread that's, that's following it. Why would you make a special beracha on the maliyah? That's Tosfot's next question. Tosfot then asks, start again. Shamaliyah ikar. Shehu ba'la shibalev shenechalash lemitikut haperot. Ve'apad shel agarab tafel. Ve'enu ba'ilu b'shvila maliyah. V'im tomar, perot avi ikar. U'maliyah tafel. V'lebrek ala perot v'leftor kulhu. Tosfot's question. Make the beracha on the ginos, which basically the guy came not to eat ginos and fruit. Whatever you're eating afterwards is just to break the ginosir sweetness and then the, 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 the salt is so strong you need the bread to break that. Fine, you ate your pirot ginosir, you made barakha harona, you were done with it. And now after the fact, there's a, 
you know, a, a delayed reaction. So after the fact, you needed to now break the pirot kinosis. So you can use, you cannot use the more piriahets that you closed out already. It's a different ma'amad. Now the salt becomes ikar keneged the bread that you can accept. Second answer, in a meh, Exactly. It's not like a case that we thought we had all three items in front of him from the beginning. Salty item and bread. He had no idea he's going to get delirious from the, uh, the Pirot Ginoset. It was never even in his mind when he ate the Pirot Ginoset. It works out good. According to the way we learned that if you learn that the Beracha is Poter, this guy had no idea that he's going to even eat a tafel to say that the, the ikar is being poter the tafel. Adra, he didn't know he's going to get sick, that he's going to need maliyah. So it's as if there's a sehadat. Even though he ate them back to back. In the second answer, it's not in a different ma'amad. He's eating them back to back, but since he had no da'at when he ate, he didn't know he's going to get sick. He didn't know he's going to need the maliyah. So therefore, he made the bure priyayats with kavanah just to cover this bure priyayats. After that, he said, oh, wow, I didn't realize this reaction over there. Okay, give me the salt. Get me the, so the salt becomes the ikal, the the bread, which breaks the salt. That's the way Gemara learns the answer according to Shitato's fault. Why did you mention uh, the, the fruit? If, if, if you passed that stage, you went to salt and the bread, why mention the fruit? Because why is he eating the salt? He's only eating the salt because of the fruit. We just want to know when the salt... He said he finished, he made because the salt will... Now he brings the salty item. Yeah. Now the salty item wants to bring the bread item. What does it have to do with the fruit item? The fruit is no, but he's just saying why brought the salt. Why, why, no, why, why, it's just the reason yeah. why he brought yeah. the salt. Yeah. Why would, not, yeah. But it has nothing to do with it. I mean, you know no, I'm right, right, right. Amishnah, by the way. And that's why I'm never even mentioned the, the fruit. Exactly. So I'm, I'm I'm mentioned because we want to know where it's eat. Give me a case where no, salt is ikar. That's what makes the salty car. The fruit makes the salty car. That's right. The fruit makes... Very, very salty pickles. All of a sudden, too salty. Oh, my God. No, that's not the case. The that's not the case. So I give, I didn't give that case. Although you're giving that case, which is a nice case. Because the fruit is done. When we followed Rabbi Yohanan, in order to eat perot ginoser, um, when we were hundred students, each one of us picked off the trees ten each, hundred people ten each. So we ended up having a thousand perot. When we were ten students, each one of us collected a hundred each. So basically, they wanted to have a thousand perot ginoser in the end. And every hundred, <coughs> it filled a basket. It filled a basket of three se'ah. Each se'ah is 144 bitsim. So three se'ah would be 432 bitsim per basket of a hundred. So that's a lot. Uh, and, then, and what happened with them? And the Yohanan would eat all thousand. He would eat all of them. Omishtaba, and then he made a, a shivuaki ilu. ziyuna. He said, after all that, I didn't get any uh, any sustenance. I didn't eat anything. What does that mean, ziyuna? Of course, he got uh, some sustenance. He ate a thousand perot. which means it doesn't fill him. It's not a mazon that, that fills him. 
From here you see the Ben Ishchai in Torah Lishma has a question. <clears throat> His question is, a guy asked him, he lived in, in Tiberia. And outside of Tiberia, there was a very, very big orchard of delicious fruits of Eretz Israel. So he asked the Ben Ishchai, is it a compromise in Hasidut to go to this orchard and eat the fruits of Eretz Israel? Even though it's going to take a lot of time, is it maybe considered gluttonous and things like that? So the Ben Ishchai says, it's in Siman Tafiyot Chet. Hazbe Shalom, And he brings this Gemara over here. <coughs> this Gemara is also brought in Eruvin. And he says, you see Rabbi Yohanan, he sent the students to go pick fruit. And he ate a thousand of them. Not because it was gluttonous. There's Inyan of Sheva Eretz Yisrael. Obviously these people were great, great rabbis. And they had Kabanot to show the love of Eretz Yisrael by eating these fruit over here. Therefore he says, go to the place and pick the fruit. And it's, it's, it's time well spent. Rabbi Abahu, Akhir. Rabbi Abahu ate these fruits. Adava shalik le dudba me'apute. When he ate these fruits, his face became so oily from the fruits that if a fly would be on his forehead, it would just slide off from the oil that was coming out of his uh, face, of his pores, as a result of eating them. Ami, habu that they ate until the hair on their face, the hair on their body fell off, which means they ate so much it became like a depilatory. The hair started to fall off their body. Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish, is what I told you earlier. Hava achil ad demarid. He ate it until he became delirious. It's almost like he became drunk from it. You become you lose your uh, equilibrium. Ve'amar lehu Rabbi Yochanan le'deben nesiyah. So Rabbi Yochanan, he was drunk like. So the Yochanan had to tell the Ben Nesi'ah, the house of the president, So the Yudan Nesi'ah, the president would have to send Balushe Abatre. Balushe is like, uh, let me say, uh, yeah, an army or guards, to take him home. Because he couldn't walk home on his own uh, accord. So the Yudan had to send uh, officers to go pick him up, the Shtakish, and, and carry him home. Ki Ravdimi. When Ravdimi came from Eretz Israel to Babel, Amar, Ir The place was called Haramelech, They would produce six Shishim Ribo, 600,000 buckets of sliced Tarit. Well, Rashi says on Tarit, Safet Tarit, Sefarim Nim Hatichat Dag Hatuch Shekorin Tonina. So if that's the tuna, so there's a big controversy in the post scheme if the tuna is a kosher fish or not a kosher fish. Forget about the dolphins. Just in itself, is it a kosher fish or not? And of course, this is one of the main sources that they bring this Rashi, that Rashi calls the Tarit, the Tonina, some actually have a different girsah you see here in the tet. It's a different girsah in the rashi. Tuna, ayin min hat yitzchak hadigimah. That's who discusses it over here. So there's an issue on this over here because some say that as she says in another place that these uh, tunas are dag katan. And if it's a dag katan, that's not the tuna that we're talking about. So they have to reconcile, is it our fish or not? Nonetheless, what did they have all these buckets of this uh, tarit for? They used to have the people, they used to cut the figs in Haram Melech. So, so many fig cutters that eat lunch. And they used to feed them. 
and they fed them 600,000 buckets of this tarit fish, on a weekly basis. That was the, uh, the food that was needed just to feed the kotzeh to enim. amar, ilan echad, lo He had a tree, one tree, and they would take down from the tree 40 se'ah of gozalot, of birds, from three different, you know, uh, coops that were on the tree, meaning a month. So basically, 120 se'ah of birds a month. That's a very, very big weight of birds from a tree. I guess they were producing it, you know, uh, the, the tree was very, very, very fertile. She had 80 brothers that were Kohanim that married 80 girls that were also sisters that were Kohanot. The Marcha says, because they wanted to keep the Keona family Pure. So they were careful that Kohanim only marry into Kohanot. And they looked to see if there's another similar case like this, even one case from Surah to Nehardi'ah in Bavel. They only found one similar case. That's the daughters of Rav Chazda, who were Kohanim, Kohanot. Those are brothers, but they were not Kohanim. So it's not exactly a similar case. It's almost. They saw two brothers marry two sisters. But it's not two brothers Kohanim marrying two brothers Kohanot. Rav Hazda's daughters were Kohanot, but Mar Ugba and uh, his brother were not. But nonetheless, you see, two brothers married two sisters. Even though they, the girls, meaning the daughters of Hazda, were Kohanot, that was the closest example that they were able to find two brothers marrying two sisters. Back to the Sefer Hasidim. Sefer Hasidim writes in his Sabaot that it's not good for two brothers to marry two sisters. And he says that if they do, they're not going to have good mazal. And if they do, one of them should divorce in order that you get out of this uh, potential mess. Of course, they all ask for Ms. Gemara. Yeah, you had 80 of them did it. You have this, the, the, the children of, uh, you know, Bar they did it. And some say, but you don't know the end of the story, what happened to them. You know, we just know that they did it. And then some say, if you read the history books, what happened to these 80 Kohanim who married the 80 Kohanot, it wasn't good. So Adraba, you know, you just know the fact that they did it, but continue reading and you'll see that Sefer Hasidim was right. Amar Rab, kol se'uda she'en ba melach, Okay, a rule of the Sauda, they should serve salt. As a matter of fact, we learned in the previous Kibariyot that said in the olden days, after every meal, they would end it by eating salt. Amar Bihayabar Abba, Amar Yohanan, Kol Sauda, She'en Ba Sharif, that's like soup. Okay, so the Gemara is telling you, Tafshil Lah, that she says. A tafshil la, a liquidy tafshil. She's bomarak. That's a soupy item. Matnitin, achal anavim, teenim, rimonim, 
So he ate grapes, he ate figs, he ate pomegranates. These are all fruits of Eretz Yisrael. We know this opinion already. Rabban Gamaliel said that you make Merkat Mazon when you eat the fruits of Eretz Yisrael. Which is the halakha, obviously, that when you eat fruits of Eretz Yisrael, there's the special beracha, Me'en Shalosh. Me'en Shalosh is called that because it's a compendium of the three berachot of Berkat Mazon. Rabbi Akiva Omer, Afilu Akal Shelek. Even if he ate vegetables, and he ate it as a meal, according to Mazon, you make on anything that you ate as a meal, including vegetables. She says, right? He treated those vegetables as his primary If a person is drinking water in order to quench his thirst, which of course is interesting. This is the berakha that we make for berakha harona. Rabbi Tarfon made nefashot as a berakha rishona on shote yayin litzma'o. Gemara, my ta'mad rabban gamliel. We start from the beginning. What's the reason for rabban gamliel? Why does he say that you make Birkat Amazon on the fruits of Eres Yisrael? Dekhtiv. Eres Chita Usora. I'll finish the Pasuk. Vegefen Utena Verimon. Eres Zet Shemen Udvash. That's one Pasuk. The next Pasuk says, Uchtiv. Eres Asher Lo Meskenut Tochal Balechem. Lo Tehsar Kol Ba. The second Pasuk talks about bread. The third Pasuk says, Uchtiv. Vachalta. That's Birkat HaMazon. Birkat HaMazon is going back on everything we just mentioned in the previous Pesukim. What we mentioned, Lechem, and we also mentioned the Pesuk before that, the Zayin Minim. So therefore, the Akatam Vesavata Oberachta is referring to Lechem plus the Zayin Minim. That's a, that's a rock-solid proof. What are the rabbis going to do with this? Eres Hefsi Ka'anyan. The eris of the bread was mafsik between the Berkat Amazon Pasuk and the Zayin Minim Pasuk. Again, eris chitaus ora vegefrutana, that's the Zayin Minim Pasuk. Next Pasuk. Eris asher, eris asher lobe miskenu tochad balechem. That eris is a separation between the Zayin Minim and the Berkat Amazon Pasuk. To come and tell you that you only make Berkat Amazon on lechem. But you do not make a Birkat Amazon on the Pasuk before it. The Rabban Gamliel, Nameh, Eris, Hefsika Anyan. Now, Rabban Gamliel, you cannot deny that this Eris of Lechem is Mafsik. He says 100%. I don't argue that it's Mafsik. He says it's coming to exclude Kosisita, meaning the first Pasuk said what? Eris, Hita, Usura. Oh, so which chita do you make Birkat Amazon on? So you need another pasuk to explain that it's Eres which means that chita in the first pasuk was Lechem. That's a Birkat Amazon. The other ones, I don't need a definition. I know what Limon, Anabim is, Atenim is. To come exclude Hakoses. If a person eats a kernel, there will not be Birkat Amazon on it. So therefore, 
there's no there's no separation. All that second pasuk of Eres Ashelo is defining the chita in the first pasuk. I say again, the first pasuk says the seven items. Seven items gotta say Bikatamazon on the seven items. Oh yeah? What is chita? What is chita? Okay, parentheses. Eres ashe lobe lechem. That chita that I said you make mikatamazon on is lechem. La apuke that you're not gonna make it on kosta But not to come along and say that you don't mean mikatamazon. It's just a definition of the chita in the previous pasuk. Comes the Gemara and says, Amar biyakov bar ide Amar bchanina koshu mechameshet aminim matchila bevarech alav. The five minim means the five grains. The five grains are seora, kusmin, and shifon, which are wheat and barley, and you have uh, spelt, and you have rye and oats. Anything that comes from the five grains gets a mizonot. Assuming you didn't make it bread, get some mizonot and a berakah halonah that we would call me'en shalosh. Again, and assuming that you didn't eat it as a koses, because then it would be a uh, adama. Rabotai, I'm saying it again just because some people misinterpret this. That when they say me'en shalosh, they think it's me'en shalosh because there's three options that you could say ala gefen, or you could say ala mehya, or ala ayat. So it's a, it's a, it's the triptych. It has three. Uh, Three options. That's not why it's called Me'en Shalosh. It's called Me'en Shalosh because the content of the Beracha is a compendium, as I said earlier, of the three Berachot of Berkat de Bazor. It is also true that there are three options that we're going to see now in the Gemara how to make Me'en Shalosh, depending on what you ate, the Chatechila. Now we're discussing if the guy ate a Mizonot first. Amar Bar Mori, Amar Nevi, that's the seven species, the fruits. <coughs> so that's the second item that you make in Me'en Shalosha. Not only Mizonot items, but also Etz of the Zayin Minim. Amale Abaye Ravdimi. Maini hu Beracha Achad Me'en Shalosh. What is this Beracha? I mean, what is it? Amale Apere De Etz Ala Etz Apere Etz. Now he gives us the text. Finish. And that would be the end of the beracha of the original text. Now, since, by the way, we see kiyata tov metiv, the hakamim point out that the rabbis even added a remez to the fourth beracha, berkat which is atov metiv. That's why they added this lesson, even though it's me'en shalosh, which is the primary, but there's a remez to the fourth beracha, kiyata tov metiv. Now, the hameshet aminim, and rabotai, just for those that didn't understand these words, Basically, we're saying, thank you, God, for the fruit of the tree, the fruit of the field, the land, the expanding land that you gave to our fathers to eat from its fruit and to enjoy from its goodness. God, have mercy on us and to your nation, Yerushalayim, your city, the temple, the Mizbeach. Build Jerusalem, the holy city, in our time. 
bring us back to the city so we should rejoice because you are the God that is good and does good. And when you have Hamesh Taminim, you end the Beracha, Ala Mechia, Ala Kalkala, that's how you start the Beracha. Baruch Atta Hashem, Elokerim Elokal, you're not going to say Ala Ezra Prihayetz, you're eating a Mezonot item. So therefore you say Mechia, Mechia is like a sustenance. So you start the Beracha, Baruch Atta Hashem, Elokerim Elokal, Ala Mechia, Ala Kalkala, and then continue. Ba'atun 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 and that's our custom as well. Although some uh, Poski wanted to say that you ended off like you started off. Baruch Hashem ala Ares, bala Mechia, bala Kalkala. But again, the Minhag clearly of this Faradim is ala Ares, ve'ala Mechia, like the Gemara says. Mehtam bimai Hatim, which means how do we make the Hatima in this in this Beracha? Uh, because the Kaura, you're making Hatima b'shtayim over here. You're saying ala Ares. And we try not to be chotem with two different items. So it's saying, how we chotem ala ares vala mechia. So the Kibbutz says, no. Kiyatad avdimi amar rav, hatim berosh chodesh. Take an example of rosh chodesh musaf. How do you, we chotem the musaf of rosh chodesh? You say, baruch mekadesh Yisrael verasheh chodashim. That's like considered chotem b'shtayim. Even though you're mentioning Yisrael v'rashi Chodashim, the rabbis consider that all the same topic. It's Yisrael that's Mekadesh to Chodashim, because you need the Bedin to Mekadesh to Chodesh. So that's, although it's two different items, you know, per se, Yisrael v'rashi Chodashim, but it's considered one. So the Gebarah says, similarly here by the Berachah Me'en Shalosh, Ha'chamai, Ravazdamar, ala Ares va'piroteha. Even though, of course, per se, it's two things, but it's the Ares that produces the Perot. So therefore, it's like Mekadesh Yisrael ve'rasheh Chodashim. It's not considered Chotem B'shtayim, that she points that out clearly. Rav Yitzchak Amar, ala Ares ve'ala Perot. Now we got another finish we have to deal with over here. One rabbi said that the Hatima is Peroteha, meaning the fruits of the land of Israel. And one rabbi just says, you say generically, ala Ares ve'ala Perot. So the question is, what's the right text? Is it Peroteha or is it Perot? Now the first answer is not going to be the answer you expect. It's the second answer that the answer that you're going to expect. So don't be shocked when you hear the first answer. Amar of Amram, Bela Pelige. There's no argument over here. Halan Behalehu. Depends where you are. If you're in Eretz Israel, you say Perot. If you're in Bavel, you say Peroteha. That's the first answer. The Gemara is assuming that the people in Bavel were eating fruits of Eretz Israel. So therefore, they say, oh, Peroteha, this is the fruits of Eretz Israel. But if you're living in Israel, Perot is what we eat all day long. We have to make a big deal out of it. So the Gemara then says, which means they eat the fruits of Eretz Israel. And we say, Peroteha, at this point, the Gemara is assuming your assumption was all wrong. Who told you that in Bavel they're eating perot of Eretz Israel? In, in, in Bavel, for all we know, they're eating perot of Bavel. So therefore, they're eating in Bavel perot of Bavel. They're going to say peroteha. And we're in Eretz Israel eating the perot. We're going to say perot, ipcha. It should be the opposite. So give us you're right. Ela ipuch. Switch it around. Which means, if you're eating fruit that grew in Bavel, okay, where are you eating it? But let's say you're eating it in Bavel, you'll say, Allah, Allah, Perot. 
and if you're eating fruit of Eretz Yisrael, which happens to be the fruit that they eat in Eretz Yisrael, you would say, Perotea. Now, mind you, if you would eat fruit of Eretz Yisrael in Babel, you'd also say, Ah, Perotea. It doesn't matter where you're eating it, it matters what you're eating. So the Haba mean of the Gemara was that everybody's eating Perot Eretz Yisrael. And the Haba mean was, so in your Babel, oh, Hashub Ayrim, Perotea. Eretz Yisrael, that, that's our Perot. You're going to make a big deal out of it. Then the Gemara is, what are you talking about? Who told you they're eating perot in Israel? Could be eating regular perot. So therefore, on their regular perot, they say peroteha. And on the fruit that we're eating, which is in Israel fruit, they're going to say perot. Because you're right, ipuch. In Babel, they would say perot. And in Israel, they would say peroteha. The Gemara says, Tavchazda amar ala aris ve'ala perot. Of course, Tavchazda was from Babel. So he would say ve'ala perot. Rabbi Yohanan is from Eretz Israel, Amar ala Ares ve'al peroteha. Okay, that is fine. Gemara continues on the Amud Bet. Amar Rabbi Tzchak, Bar Abdimi, Mishum Rabbenu. Al Be'ah, Be'ah is the egg. Ve'al mine kufra is meat. Betchila mevarech shehakol. Ul basof, that's the halakha. Here's a hadush over here. The Gemara doesn't assume that every item deserves a beracha harona. We know we make a beracha harona on everything if you eat a shi'ud. The Gemara, however, had shi'ud that said, for example, aval yarka lo. Vegetables are not hashuv. Vegetables are inferior, they're not significant. Therefore, no beracha. A harona. Beracha rishona, clearly, even on a kol shu. But nothing. Now she says, vegetables, yeah. But not water. What did I consider something that's hashuv enough to make a beracha? I don't know. Okay, and we followed up papa, obviously. It's just interesting to point out that there were some people that held. Ba'im doesn't get a beracha harona. Yerakot doesn't get a beracha harona. Where is Rabbi Akiva said you make berakat mazon on shenik? Unless they were talking about over here raw vegetables that are not really eaten, you know, to satiate a person. But the point is, but the point is, you see over here that the maaseh we hold like the papa. Now the Gemara says mor zutra avid kiram yitzchak bar avdimi. So mor zutra followed the shita of Rabbi Yitzchak. Bar Abdimi. That said what? On uh, uh, eggs and meat, you make nefashot. However, on vegetables, no. He didn't make a barakah on vegetables. But Avshimi, Bar Asher, Avshimi, the son of Rav Asher, Abid Kedav Yitzhak. That what? He indeed made a barakah on vegetables. Now, how are you going to remember who said what and who followed what? You like Simanim? Here the Gemara gives a Siman. The Simanach had ketre vetre kehad, which means the first rabbi is called Mor uh, Mor Zutra. Mor Zutra is one name. Mor Zutra just gives you his name. He followed who? That Yitzhak Bar Avdimi. It gives you the name of the rabbi and his father's name. That Yitzhak Bar Avdimi. So the had ketre. The the one named rabbi followed the two named rabbi. Vetre kehad. Vetre kehad is Rav Shimi. Bar Asher, which is two names, followed the one name, Rabbi, Rabbi Yitzchak. That's the way to remember it. How are you going to remember that? 
Even when you remember, as if the, the rabbi didn't remember to make a, a beracha. So that's uh, hard to say, again, if you're going to have this, uh, if you're going to have this girsa. Huh? It says? I know, but what does it mean when he says, when I remember? What do you mean when you remember? I mean, I always remember. Yeah, sometimes I don't have this girsa. This girsa is... Uh, if you if you remove it, everything's good. Tenat kol shetaun berachal acharav. Okay, we learned. I think my second nida. It's a mishnah that anything that gets a berachah harona taun berachal efanav. Okay, anything you make a berachah harona on, there must have been a berachah rishonah that you have to make on the item. V'yesh shetaun berachal efanav. Now sometimes you have to make a berakah rishonah, ve'en ta'un berakah le'acharav. But there's no berakah le'acharav. I have no problem with that. We just gave shitot. Vegetables according to one rabbi. Water according to one rabbi. You make a berakah rishonah, and you don't make a berakah acharav. That opinion, we can square off. Vishtamah le'rab Yitzhak baravdimi, tapukei yarka. Right. According to Yitzhak baravdimi, berakah rishonah and vegetables, but no berakah acharav. So that's what Mishnah was talking about. Or le'rab Yitzhak, tapukei mayah. Water, berakha rishonah, but no berakha harunah. Elan Arab Papa that says you make a berakha harunah on everything. Give me a case where you make a berakha rishonah and you don't make a berakha Now, don't tell me where you didn't eat a shi'ur. That's not what we're talking about over here. We're talking about where you ate a shi'ur that would normally be hayev, you a normal berakha in a different place. But there's certain cases where you don't make a berakha harunah. can't be. According to Arab Papa, you make a berakha harunah on everything. La mai. Right, there's no berakha harana on a mitzvah. Person makes a berakha rishonah on his tefillin. Empty takes off his tefillin. Doesn't say berakha harana on the mitzvah that he just fulfilled. That's what he was talking about. Yes, me berakhim berakha rishonah. Maybe berakhim berakha harana on mitzvot. Oh, that's not so simple. The name Araba, the matad, the mesalket, the filayu. That in Israel, after they would take off the tefillin, they used to make a berakha. Last night we spent a long time giving the reasons why there is no beracha acharona on reyach. Uh, one uh, explanation which made uh, a lot of sense is is that when a person makes a berakha harana on a food is because he ate enough, he's full, he's finished. But when, when do you ever say you smelled enough? You could always keep on you could say you ate enough. No, 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 smelling enough. Eating enough, you could say I'm done. Smelling? Come on, keep on smelling. One of the reasons why we said there's no berakha Amar Rav, 
any food, any food, that's the size of a betzah, betzah tova mimenu. A betzah, actual betzah, an egg, will be more nutritious and valuable, meaning size for size. If a person can eat a betzah, shi'ud of food, the best food to eat, the size of a betzah, is a betzah. There's more packed into that betzah than anything else. From here, you see that the doctors don't know what they're talking about. The doctors came along in one generation, they said, don't eat the yellow. And the next generation, they said, no, the yellow's okay, don't eat the white. Then they said, well, the white is not so good, just eat the... Then Hashem made the egg. Hashem exactly knows exactly how it neutralizes each other. The Gemara is saying, for pound for pound, the best food you can eat if you only have an egg size to eat. That's why I saw one time. That's why they chose, just from a practical standpoint, for Saudat Havra'ah, the egg. Because, why they give Saudat Havra'ah when somebody passes away the first meal, they give an egg? The guy didn't eat the whole day. The guy is thinking, that's interesting. So they're trying, in those days especially, they're trying to figure out what food can we give them that's easy and the most nutritious. So therefore they chose the egg because of this gemara over here. The pound, not forget about the round reason. Of course those reasons are true. Based on this gemara. David always would tell us during the lunch, eat the egg. And he would quote this gemara. And he followed the Shittah of the Gemara. Ki ata ravin amar, tava bi ata megulgalta, a roasted egg, is better than shita kaise sulta, than six kayetses of sulta. Kayets that she says is a shi'ur. Midot ma'azikot log. So it's better than six log or each kayas is actually uh, six log. So this is actually 36 log. So therefore, eating one egg is better than 36 log of a flour, of solid. Ki ata ravdimi, Amar, he said, Tavabi atambi gulgalta, a roasted egg, is better, Mishita. Matvita, no, sorry. Tava biata migulgalta, that's the roasted egg. Mishita, mishita means like we just said, from six portions of six log each of this uh, flour. However, matvita, matvita means if it's really roasted, this egg, me'arba. Then it's not as healthy, it's only worth four kaise of the uh, of the flour. And if it's a cooked egg, which is a hard boiled egg, then it's what we said above. Except for meat. Uh, so it's an exception. Okay, you're not going to have meat for breakfast. Maybe that's what the goyim, they have meat for breakfast. But the point is, you have over here in Inyan the size of an egg. Yes. Pound for pound, a kabetza of meat would be more healthy or nutritious than a pound of Egg, or egg. Cooked vegetables. So the Gemara is saying, when would cooked vegetables be considered a sa'uda? The Gemara says, well, we learned it already, if you remember. The Gemara says, What's the kruv? The kruv is the 
the cabbage. So the cabbage is heavy and it's zayin. Therefore, he says, in that case over there, that's considered a meal. Now we get into some uh, health foods over here. Again, we take this. The Gemara at the time felt that these foods were healthy. Could be today, it's still true. Could be the nature changed of the foods, or could be the nature of the people changed. So that we don't have to take these as, you know, halakha that has to apply in every single generation. It's not considered, you know, blasphemy if a person says, well, today these things are not so healthy as the Gemara says. Because again, the reality in the Mitzi'ut changed in the foods, and the reality changed in the environment or the weather that we're living in. There's a lot of factors where they were talking. They were talking in Babylonia, where again, these things, based on other factors, also would react to their bodies like the Gemara says it does. If a person eats the meat of spleen, so it's good for the teeth. But it's not so good for the intestines. Kirishin, which Rashi says, Kirishin is karte, that's leek. Kashin is shinayim, it's the opposite. It's bad for the teeth. Ve'yafin, the bnei but it's good for the intestines. Kol yerek hai, any raw vegetable, morik. Morik means it causes a person to become pale. Ve'chol katan maktin. Rashi, kol katan, any item, food, it's premature, it didn't fully grow, and you're eating the item before it reached its full growth, maktin. Maktin, it causes the person to, uh, to not get developed as well. It will not, it'll stunt his growth. Vechol nefesh, mashiv eta nefesh. What does that mean? Kol nefesh. Simply it means anything that has a nefesh, anything that has life to it, and you eat it, mashibit a nefesh. And she comes along and says, kol nefesh, davar hai, ane'echal shalem. Now I'm not sure if Rashi means that you're eating the item when it's alive. It just means davar hai, something that had life to it, ane'echal shalem. Now, where did Rashi get Ne'echal Shalem that you have to eat it whole? And he gives an example. Kegon Dagim Ketanim Shigadlu Kotsurkan. Now Rashi gives the example of small fish. Obviously, the fish had life, so it's nefesh. And he's saying you're eating them. The Hadush of this camera is even though we just said if you eat something small, it stunts your growth. But Rashi points out at the end that since these small fish so therefore it's not going to have that negative effect because they grew, that's as, that's as much as they're going to grow. It's not that if you eat a small thing it stunts your growth. If you eat a small thing that can still have room to develop. But since these small fish are finishing their development so therefore it's not going to have the effect. But where does she gets that you have to eat it shalem and what if you bite it? And what if you? What, 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 why does he have to say you eat it, Shalem? Where does he got it from? Because otherwise it's not alive. No way. Uh, why do you have to learn that, that it's alive? Why, why, why do you have to learn like that? It's a goldfish. It's like a fraternity. Bunch of I know that. That, 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 that's called nefesh. That's not even a No, no, fish is no, 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 no
I don't understand. If, if she's holding that, you have to eat it. Uh, live. Uh, if, if she's holding it, it has to be live, obviously you're not going to eat a whale. So you have to go about a small fish and fit in your mouth. I understand that. But I don't know if that's what that she means, that you're actually eating it raw. It means high, meaning it had life to it. Nonetheless, that, that she can be analyzed. Nonetheless, the Gemara says, anything that's close to the life part of the animal, Mashibita Nefesh will uh, restore life, rejuvenates the person. Kruv le Mazon, Kruv is for sustenance. Teradin le beats are healing. Oilo le Bayit, woe to the stomach, Shehalefet overet betoko. Woe to the stomach that turnips pass through. Bayit over means the kids. Now the Gemara will explain each one. And I'll explain all the cases. Amar Mor. The spleen is good for the teeth. But it's not so good for the intestines. So what's the solution? I said, chew it, finish the in and spit it out. So you'll get the advantage for the teeth and you won't get the disadvantage for the B'nai by not swallowing it. Kereshin, which is the leak. Kashin l'shinayim. It's bad for the teeth. The yafin the bnei mehamah is good for the intestines. My tekate, what's the solution for this? L'shlekinu v'nebleinu. Cook them until they become soft, so you don't have to chew on them. You can swallow them easily, and therefore you bypass the teeth, and you get the benefits for the intestines. Kol yerekai morik. That any vegetable that you eat raw causes the person to become pale. Amar of Yitzhak, it's talking about specifically if that's the first thing you eat after bloodletting. They don't think that that's the right thing to eat. That after you let blood, raw vegetables is not going to bring back your uh, complexion. Adraba, it's going to only make the guy more pale. More hedushim about eating raw vegetables. If you know somebody that happens to eat vegetables before the fourth hour of the day, which is normally the time where people eat breakfast, you know, within the fourth hour. So he happens to eat it before the fourth hour. You can't talk to the guy. You shouldn't talk to him. Why shouldn't you talk to the guy? Is it harem because he ate the raw vegetables? No, not because he's in harem. Because the breath that comes out of his mouth is dangerous. If you're going to smell that breath, and normally, he didn't eat yet. Because normally the people eat in the fourth hour. So if a person happened, you know he ate these vegetables before the fourth hour. And you didn't eat breakfast yet. So you have an empty stomach. And you're going to talk to this guy. The breath that's going to come out of his mouth will harm you on an empty stomach. The Amar of Yitzhak, another hadush about raw vegetables. Asuna Adam, shiyokal yedek hai, kodem arba sha'ot. So obviously this is different shitaya. Don't even eat them. Forget about the guy who you're talking to. The guy shouldn't eat raw vegetables before the fourth hour. You'll see. Nafkamina, the Gemara is going to bring right now. Amemor, umor zutra, v'rav asher. Three rabbis. Amemor, umor zutra, v'rav asher. Havu yatme. They were sitting. Aitu kamayu yerek hai kodem arba sha'ot. They served them, yerek hai, before the fourth hour. No problem. Amemor, v'rav asher, achol. Obviously, they didn't care about the second shita that says you can't eat vegetables raw before the fourth hour. They ate it. Well, obviously, Mozutra 
held like that shita, and if we didn't eat, What's the reason why you're not uh, eating these vegetables? It's because you're worried about the bad breath and therefore you don't want to talk to people or people to talk to you because you worry about the bad breath that's going to come. Is that the issue over here? You're not worried about that. We're eating it. And you're talking to us. So obviously you don't care about the bad breath issue. If your issue was that you don't want to eat it and then cause somebody to have a problem when you're talking, you're not worried about it. We ate the raw vegetable before the fourth hour. And you're talking to us. So obviously you don't care about the bad breath. So what is the issue? No, that's not my issue. I hold this asur. It's, it's, it's unhealthy for the guy. Forget about the bad breath that he exudes to somebody else. It's bad, it's bad for the guy. If you say it's the bad breath, it's okay to you to eat it, but just be careful not to talk to such a guy who, has, who did it because the bad breath will uh, harm you. But if you're like the second cheetah, forget about the breath that's coming out. That'll harm somebody else. It'll harm the person who's eating it before for Sha'on. Anything that's premature and you eat it before it fully develops will cause the person himself not to develop correctly. Maktin. Even a gedi. Gedi is like a, uh, a small goat. Rashi says, even if it's so fatty, that what? That you're willing to pay a, uh, a zoos for the fat, which means it has a, a, a something to it. But still, gedi is not developed. Because I guess if the gedi continues to grow, it grows into something else. We'll wait till Rashi to tell us. Rashi says, Bar zuza, Kilomar, shamen vetov. It's a good item. It's fatty. Veshamen zuz. The Gemara says, Velo amran ela delet bedivah. It's talking about where it did not grow a quarter of its development. About it bedivah, let lamba. What does that mean, a quarter of its development? So Rashi gives us hadushi. Shelo gadar adrevi'it shelo. Kegon, taleh, let's say a sheep. The revi'it of a sheep is called a gedi. Revi'it shel, I'm sorry. Which means, so long as it's a revi'it of something bigger than it, then already it's okay. But if it's less than a revi'it, then already it's considered katan maktin, and therefore you should not, uh, should not eat it. Kol nefesh, Meshiv nefesh. Anything that's nefesh, that has a nefesh to it, has life to it, and you eat it, will restore the nefesh. Amar papa, afilu gildane de begile. Those are small fish. Rashi says, dagim ketanim meod, umitsuyim ben akanim beagam. Veendar kan de gadel yoter. Abal, dag katan me min dag gadol, velo gadal roba zeo dag maktin. Exactly. If you eat an undeveloped fish that didn't grow a quarter of another fish, so then already we learned that that has a negative effect. We're talking about a small fish that has uh, this uh, quality to be Meshiv Nefesh. Whether you're eating it alive or not, we discussed that in the previous Rashi. From Rashi, it sounds like you're eating it alive because he says, Shuhai, although that could mean it's raw, but it had life to it.
Koda karov la nefesh is for you, Joe. Anything that's close to the nefesh, mashibet the nefesh. Amar v'habar Yaakov, onka. Onka is talking about the beta shaita. Beta shaita is the neck. The neck is next to the place where the nefesh comes out. So therefore, that item is uh, restoring the nefesh. Amar le rabban le shamayi rabban. Why they eat the necks in the yeshiva? That's we're giving them the benefit of that. I think it's because <laughs> it's the cheapest part of the yeshiva. <laughs> that's that's what I've heard in yeshiva. Oh, I never heard it from the rabbis. Right. I was like, I was like, I wonder what was well, why the, that's the minah. Uh, yes. uh, in the Kol Yaakov, they serve necks on Motsa Eki Pur. Maybe it's uh, maybe for this reason, Meshiv Nefesh. Okay. I don't know. It was not Meshiv Nefesh. Amar le Rava le Shamei, Kim Maitit Li Umsa de Bisra. When he sent the students to the butcher to go buy meat, he says, Tarah ve'ayti Li Me'ekad de Mekarev le Be'baruch. Bring me the spot close to where they made the Beracha. Which Beracha? Ala Shaita. You bring me stuff that's close to the neck where they made the Shaita. Because that stuff is Meshiv Nefesh. Keruv the Mazon. Keruv is for sustenance. That's the cabbage. Teradin le Fu'an. Teradin is for the Fu'an that's beets. Keruv le Mazon in. Le Fu'an lo. Sounds like Keruv is only le Mazon but not for the Fu'an. So Gibran says, Ve'hatanya shisha devarim merapi'im metacholeh mecholyo. Six things are cure a person from his sickness. Urfu'atam refu'ah. And it's a permanent refu'ah, which means they will not recur. Once you take this item, it goes away permanently. Ve'eluhen. Keruv, cabbage, teradin. Mesisin. Now she says, penny royal. The juice that comes from the penny royal. Devash is honey. The keva. Keva would be like the uh, the intestines or the stomach. The harat or the heret. She says shavalad notzarbo. That would be like the uh, the womb. The yoteret akaved. That she says tarfashad de kavda. As you call yoteret akaved. Diaphragm. Okay. So what do you see from over here? That keruv is one of the six items that bring the fu'ah. Mm. So why did you tell me above that it only brings mazon? The chavratz merapeh. Ela ema keruv af la mazon. That keruv also gives mazon besides the fu'ah. Beautiful. I made a diuk yesterday. Once we talk about the fu'ah in the Adon Olam that we sing after the bakashot, and we should say really before the tefillah. So it says over there. It's redundant. Because you have doctors that they're refer, but the refu'ah is not a permanent refu'ah. They give you a, a, a pill, you feel good for a day or two, and then what happens? It comes back. So we say about a Kadosh Baruch Hu, but what type of refu'ah? That is refu'ah is a, is a refu'ah. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a second sheva. You can be a refu'ah. You walk out, you might feel good. Mm. But the, two weeks later, it came back. But Allah says, no, it's a, like we say over in this Gemara, refu'ah is a, a complete refu'ah. That's what we say, refu'ah shedema. Shedema means it should be complete. It should not recur. Woe to the stomach. The turnips pass through it. No, the stomach, what she says. Look at the she, David. The Buddha, Matkin, Oi, Labayit. 
right in the middle there. Oy Labayit. Scroll up, scroll up. It's a nice way of saying uh, the stomach. Ini, we have a contradiction. Veha amar le Rava le Shamae. When Rava told the servant, Ki hazit lifta beshuka. When you go to the shuk and you see them selling turnips, Lo temali, don't ask me be my karak lifta. Don't ask me what I'm eating my bread with today. Just buy the turnips. It is. I'm having a turnip sandwich. That's it. Don't ask me what I'm eating for lunch. That's my lunch. Anytime there's turnips, you buy it. I thought we just said, Oilo la bayit, shakeres over in the tocho. Amarabaye, mebeli basar. Of course, without meat, it's dangerous. But when you cook it in a, with meat, then already it, 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 it breaks the turnips uh, sharpness a little, and it's okay. Okay, without wine. Again, the combination of yain and lefet is okay. Itmar, Rab Amar, Mibili Basar. Rab said the turnip is not good without meat. Ushmuel Amar, Bili Etzim. What does it mean, Bili Etzim, without wood? Which means you have to cook it a lot. If you cook the turnip and you use a lot of wood under the fire, then it'll be good. But if you don't use enough wood to cook it, then everybody has a negative effect. So we have three shitot so far. We have Beli, Basar, Bebeli, Yain, now we have Bebeli, Etzim. Rabbi Yochanan, Amar Bebeli, Yain. That's the third sheet. Amale Rabal Rapapa, Sudane, Anan, Tavrinan, La, Bebesra, Behamra. Maze, Sudane, that he referred them to. She says, Baal Shechar Temarim. Rapapa used to sell beer. So they used to nickname him Sudane. Rabbi's telling the papa, Sudaneh, meaning the brewer of the beer. Anan, we, Tavrina, we break the power of the lefet, the bisra hamra, with meat and wine. Atun, the lona fish lechu hamra, but you guys, you don't have too much wine. That's why I was making beer. They don't have wine in their area. Bemai tavritula, how do you break the sharpness of the lefet? Amarleh betziveh, with wood, like Shemuel said. We cook it very, very, very long, and the overcooking it breaks it. Like the story of the wife of Rapapa, after she cooked the turnip, she took eight big logs and put it under the fire and cooked them over and over again in order to break the sharpness. Yes, she says in the bottom, pieces of big wood, logs. She would burn them under the kedera that the lefet was there. A small salted fish. Wow, these fish are dangerous on the 7th of the month, on the 17th, on the 27th, and some say even on the 23rd. That's somewhere where they're not roasted fully. But if they're roasted fully, good, let land ba. And even on the non-fully roasted one, 
where you didn't, you know, have a beer after. If you had a beer after it, you have nothing to worry about. Not pairing, exactly. That's pairing for health reasons, not for ta'va reasons. There you go. So we said in the Gemara, in the Mishnah, that if a person drinks water to quench his thirst, so the Gemara says, well, why else would a person drink water? What is that Litzma'oh? I'm sorry. Exactly. If somebody is choking on a piece of meat, so he's only drinking the water in order to flush the meat down so he doesn't choke. So on that, it's not litzma'o. So from here we see you don't make a beracha only when you're drinking it for thirst. The example would be that some people think, they might not be right, but they think that before a fast, if they drink three or four glasses of water, so somehow that'll be like a reserve, like a camel, that'll help them, you know, during the fast. All that does is cause them to go to the bathroom much quicker and get rid of that water. When they say that water before a fast means a day or two before the fast, you drink a little extra to hydrate the body in a, in a, in a normal way. Anyway, most of those people that drink the three, four glasses before, the, they're not thirsty. They're just drinking it in order to fill their body with water. That's not the tzma'ah. It's just for future future uses, and then how that guy would be. But it's also not when you're choking. No, no, that's example, no, that's not the. It's not a, this is not a, a hook. I'm saying. No, no, this is not a puke man. The puke man. That anything that is not litzma'o. Kegon. Kegon. Like uh, only this guy's. Ah, this hook. Because then you're not drinking. You're you, what, you, what, what did you want to give me out to give you every example? We we learn from the example. Give me a haluk. Give me a haluk. No, give me a haluk. Give me a haluk. You're also drinking it. The water is ending up touching the same palate, the same tongue, and it's going down the same spot. Why don't you make a berachat hanakta umsa? It's not litzma'o. It's not litzma'o. Again, the same case. A guy is taking a pill. He's not thirsty. He's swallowing it, so the pill will go down. It's not let's my all. Why did Gemara give you an example? What's the case? What's the case? What's the case? What's the case? You're not thirsty. You're not thirsty. Why are you drinking then? Why do I need a case? No, why are you drinking? Because it's, it's crazy. Why are you drinking then? If you're not thirsty, why are you drinking? You only drink when you're thirsty. Why is the guy putting water down? I'm drinking. Why are you drinking? I'm not thirsty. So what are you drinking for? Guys, it depends. I'm talking about crazy people. No, there's a case. Hanakte uh, umstana. Um, uh, Tosfot points out that's only tomorrow. It's water, but if he uses orange juice, his uh, orange juice already has an half from it. It's only water that's a bland item that's a tasteless item. Then you can come along and start saying. But if a guy let's say before the taanit, he's not thirsty. He has two glasses of orange juice. Doesn't matter. That he has to make a shakol because that already has a flavor. This was only said by Mayim. Now, by the time we finish the perek, he said that the beracha. It was made uh, on um, water, but Akari Shona Bore Nefashot. Amale Rabba Barab Hanan La Abaye. Amila Rav Yosef El Ketamai. What is the halacha regarding this? Amale Pukhaze Mai Amadavar. Go look at what the people are doing. Rashi Heach Noagim Uchvar Nahagu Levarek Betchila. 
שהכל הוא בסוף פונה נפשות נבות פרסטרונן על כל מה שברא. ולא כתוב תוספות, ושתלך תוספות על הפרק, פירוש לפניו, he's explaining the bitarfon, the bitarfon that's a bonen nefashot rabot. What was he talking about? The sport by the way tells us lefanav. Upuk hazem my amadavar v'ine nagu ha'olam lebarech leacharav. Our menag is to make nefashot leacharav. Aval the matzin lefaresh the panigi bleacharav. Don't think to say that the mahlokim was what the berakah harona is. That one rabbi is going to say shakol, and one rabbi is going to say nefashot. The tarekamas what the berakah lefanav. Oh, I should say differently. The Tarakama says, you make a Sheakol, but you don't make a Barakah Harona. Verebi Tarfon Sabar, Afla Harav Yibarek Bore Nefashot Rabot. Dimken, Ki Parik Le'el Merab Papa De Mebarek, Lesayem Emelta, Verebi Tarfon Shutana. Exactly, the Papa was the one that said that you make a Barakah Harona on water. If Rebi Tarfon was talking about Barakah Harona, you should have brought a Rayat to the Papa that he's right from the Tanah of the Mishnah. <laughs> from the fact that we didn't bring a rayat to the papa for the bitarfon shows that the bitarfon was not talking about beracha harona. He was talking about beracha lishona. And that's what the Mishnah says. Ashoteh mayim litzma'o omer shakon yad baro. Rabotai, there's a musar that the Mepharshim say on this Gemara, right before we say the Hadran, we'll just say this, um, this, um, this Hiddush. There's a principle that says, "Call the Abid Rahmana, the Tab Abid." That everything that a Kadosh Baruch Hu does is good, and even though uh, things seem difficult, but the person has the emuna of "Call the Abid Rahmana, the Tab Abid." He goes through life with that with that understanding. I once saw a Hiddush that says, by Sarah Imenu, it says that she lived 120 years, seven years, and that she says, Kulam Shavim Tova. What do you mean, Kulam Shavim Tova? Even though Sarah had a difficult life, she didn't have children for 90 years. She was abducted into the house of uh, 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 Paro. Furthermore, she was running from a famine with Avram Abinu, with all the fights that Avram Abinu was involved in. She didn't have a good life. Or she had bumps, let's say. But the Torah comes along and says, Kulam Shavim Tovah. For Sarai Menu, they're all good. Which means that the tzaddeket, she doesn't look at, if you ask a person how long did they live, they would only count the quality years. They lived 127 years, so they would filter out the years they were sick, the years that they weren't happy, the years that they were in depression. How many years at 120 did you live? I lived the years of the quality. By Sarai Menu, it says the 127 years that she lived, Kulam Shavim the Tova. She lived 127 years. They were all Shavim, they were all equal. Why? Because her attitude was the Tova. That everything is the Tova. David Amelech says in Teidim, David Amelech says, Mi'aish Afes Chaim. Who is the person that wants life? Ohev yamim tov. That's the answer. You want to have life? You want to have a quality of life? To enjoy your whole life? Ohev yamim. You want to enjoy your days? To be ohev yamim? Some people say, I hate my days. I hate my life. How do you become an ohev yamim? That I like my life. And the Vida Melech answers. Ohev yamim, the answer is tov. Yeah, it all depends on how you look at your days. You have to have a pers- perspective that it's all good. 
I doesn't feel good. Kadosh Baruch Hu says that I know what I'm doing. Everything is good, although it doesn't seem good to you. So now, based on this, we know that anytime the Torah uses the word Vayomer, Vayomer is Lashon, Raka. And anytime it says Vaydaber, Vaydaber is Lashon, Kashe. Dibur, Dibur is Hazak. Vayomer, Vaydaber. So what is the, one of the ways um, that a person can get this perspective? So there's two ways. One way is, of course, he works on his imunah, that everything is letov. But there's another way, not to take away from the imunah. David HaMelech said, Lule az avati David HaMelech had a lot of troubles. I always say that the 150 chapters that he wrote in Tehilim represent the 150 tzarot that he went through, that he had to sing a song after he got out of it. David HaMelech, and he didn't live a long life, 70 years. And 150 trials. So David Amelik admits in his Tehilim, if it wasn't for the Torah that I amused myself with, I would have got lost. I would have got lost in my, uh, in my woes. That means the Torah is called Samhayim. Samhayim Pirush, it's an elixir of life. And if a person wants to enjoy his life, so how do you block out all the... You get lost in this. When a person gets lost in, in Torah, and he's learning it, then over some other things, it's an amazing thing. It, it, it doesn't bother him. As long as you have Torah, Torah is able to get a person through the, the, uh, you know, the, the, the waves, the waves of life. I don't want to say it's an escape, but that's what it is. A person can escape to the bit Midrash. What does it mean, the Minuval? The Minuval, the Yetzirah tries to tell the guy, put him in a depression, and he's down, and his business is not going right. Yeah, Shalom, buy it. And the kids are making it. Minuval is trying to get you down. When I would come to the bit Midrash, you read, you put your head in the Gemara, all of a sudden, all your, at least temporarily, all of the, uh, uh, the problems go away. Like the Gemara says, The person's head is heavy. What's the solution? Instead of wallowing in your depression, and when a person, but not just stand reading. He has to learn, he has to have a cheshek. So the Torah is compared to water. As we know, and there's many reasons why it's compared to water. One reason is because Water is a life-sustaining item. A person cannot go a few days without water. So the Mishnah is telling you a lesson. The Mishnah is saying, When a person learns, meaning he's drinking the waters of Torah, but not stam, sitting there, you know, like a, like a, like a dead pesel. He has a, a tzma'on, he has a thirst. He's learning the... You know what happens? Omer, he has the ability to say, that even the dibur of HaKadosh Baruch that even the kashot, even the difficult things, it gives the person the emunah to come along and say, it doesn't bother him, it gives him peace of mind. And that's what it means when it says, what does it mean, Tamid Achimim Shalom Olam? The rabbis are pacifists, the rabbis are walking around with the white flags making, making, making peace. Maybe that's the explanation. But the deep explanation is, Marbim Shalom, the best, the first place a person has to be Marbe Shalom is to himself. They talk about, are you at peace with yourself? A lot of people are not at peace with themselves because they're struggling with all sorts of stuff. They have no peace. They cannot concentrate. But Tamid Achimim, since they're learning Torah, 
מרבים שלום בעולם, in their own עולם, in their own world, in their own mind, they מרבים שלום, which means, although they don't have any less struggles than the next guy, they don't have any, תמיד אחד doesn't have children, תמיד אחד doesn't have a wife, doesn't have פנסה, whatever the regular guy has, תמיד אחד has plus. So the question is, how does תמיד אחד cope, and everybody else does it? The difference is, תמיד אחד, because they have Torah, מרבים שלום, in their own orbit, in their own world, they're able to be מרבה שלום, they're able to, to reconcile with it. לא לתורת איך השעשועי, אז עבדתי. And that's what the Mishnah is telling us at the end, השוטה מים לצמאו. God comes to the shi'ud. שוטה מים לצמאו, he's in it. At that moment when you're in it, all the other things, at least for that moment, this man, even when it's over, because you know there's another shi'ud tomorrow, say, okay, I have something to look forward to. It takes the edge off of those <coughs> difficult times. Omer, he's able to say, Shakol niya, even in the bidbaro, even in the, the burim. Hadran, alach, ketzad, mevachim.